Hello, hello. Hello. Are we recording, recording, we're or rec- this is a test? We're recording, recording. Oh, hi, guys. <laughs> we're recording, recording. I don't know. <laughs> it's been a minute. <laughs> it's been a minute, you guys. You guys know we we pull back the curtain. I've been gone a, a full month. Full month. And we're I'm, we're back recording in the old studio. Um, and I'm so excited to be back. So many things have happened over the last month. Tell us about the things that happened, Adam. Well, in addition to like personal things that happened in my life, like the show that I directed in Florida. I directed The Odd Couple, a New York-based play. Yes, so yes. I was on brand even from afar. Um, but you know, Christina, we have we have a lot of fans of the show. People tell us they liked our show. Every now and then I'm with like, I, I, I talk to Sam or I talk to someone and they're like, oh, this person was talking about your show today. I didn't bring it up. They brought it up. Love that. Um, Thanks, you, guys, who brought it up apropos of nothing. And every now and then, like, we'll get a uh, we'll get a little mention on the social media, someone promoting our show who we don't know. I sent you that the other day. I was like, I don't know who this person is. Yes. But on Facebook, they're telling people to listen to us. So that's a Love thing. Love that. But we got some two, we got two ultra fans this past month. Yes, and you know why they're ultra fans? Why are they ultra fans? Because they're our very first two Patreon patrons. Woo! So um, as we said we would, we're going to publicly thank them. Um, so we really like to thank uh, Jordan Fagan, who was our very first patron. Thank you, Jordan! And then our, our second patron. Rebecca Conklin. Thank you, Rebecca. Uh, they both signed on for not even the basic. Yeah. They didn't even sign in. They didn't. They didn't even sign in for like the three dollars a month. They're I super fans. I won't tell you what they what they donated, but they didn't. They're like, you know what? I love this podcast more than three dollars a month. Maybe I also want a sticker, which Jordan and Rebecca and um, our listener of October and our listener who we will announce in November. Those stickers are, are on order. <laughs> And they will come soon. They're on their way. They should have been here by the time I got home, and they weren't. Well, so I had to call the company, and I was like, "Hey, what the heck?" I mean, have you been following what's going on with the supply line? Maybe they. Oh, just... Apparently, yeah, supplies are low for things. For everything. For everything. I, we had the whole conversation about the other day with someone. So anyway, we thank right. you, Jordan. We thank you, Rebecca. And if, um, so if you want to be like them, I'm not sure how long I'm gonna let this go. I'll probably cut I, internally. No, I don't think you should. Um, but I, uh, please, 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 we appreciate it. Um, all your donations really, really are helpful. We are upgrading our setup in the next coming months towards Woo-hoo! the new year. Um, I have a wish list that I send Christine every day, <laughs> um, and so we're looking to we're looking to afford that wish list so we can bring you the highest quality because you know the demand is getting high. It's getting high. Getting high. Um, with that being said, we also have to announce our our listener um, reviewer of the month. Yes, I'm gonna take out the the little ticker tape swirly thing. Yeah, and we're gonna, as we did last month, we're going to randomly select it from this old screen. We're gonna read yep. it, and then we're gonna send them the uh, the old sticker. Ready? I'm gonna spin it at them. And this month's review comes to us from, uh, it is Sam McKelvey. Sam McKelvey. That is just by happenstance that that's what we point. But it's Sam McKelvey, wonderful, wonderful person listens to our show Love with Sam the McKelvey. best little dog in the world named Ted. She's my partner, folks. She's wonderful. <laughs> um, and Sam writes, this show is addictive. Thank you, Sam. I love listening to the mysteries unfold. Adam and Christina are super fun storytellers, and I love coming up with my own theories to solve the mysteries. And she does. I love that. 
She's a big supporter. Many people are big supporters of the Theodosia Burr. Yes. Christian also sent me a um, yes. fan of the show. Christian sent me a, a post saying, I thoroughly agree with that. And you guys saw Christina's wonderful work um, with her <laughs> Halloween my, costume. Uh, my embodiment of Theodosia gone mad. So thank you to Sam for, for reviewing. If you'd like to be entered for next month, all you got to do is um, go up to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review, tell us what you love about the show, and um, we will enter you in each month to get a New York Mystery Machine sticker. And um, once those come in, <laughs> both Sam from this month, Carrie from last month, Jordan and Rebecca will all get stickers sticker. and if you want a sticker because apparently these stickers are high demand <laughs> you gotta you know you want to do you, you either go to the patreon or you go to the itunes we are like seven to eight minutes into this episode and we have not even introduced the episode yet. sorry folks christina where are we what are we doing who are we talking about what's happening we are going to spend our time on long island with a witch. A witch on Long Island. A witch on Long, and Long Island. Witches on Long Island. So if I say witch trial, Adam, what comes to mind for Salem. you? Salem. Salem. <laughs> yes, well, when you were like, we're doing a witch trial, I'm like, well, Christina, that is a very different podcast for a different city and a different right. state. <laughs> you know, you never know. Sometimes you surprise me. Like, I didn't think that's where we were going with this word association, but you had it with Salem. That's where my brain goes. And it makes sense because Salem, Massachusetts, uh, is where from February 1692 to May 1693, there was this fever of suspicion and accusations and mass hysteria and you name it, um, that in which over 200 people were accused of witchcraft, right? 30 of them were found guilty. 19 of them were hanged, 14 of those being women and five being men. We'll get back to that in a second. And famously, we have Giles Corey being pressed to death for not entering a, pre a plea. A pre so this is happening in Salem, not is, New York. This is happening in Salem, not New York. Uh, but just to give you a context as to like why we think it's like the deadliest witch trial. Um, of all the witch trials. And in such a con in such a condensed period of time, too, right? This is, a, this is like a little over a year that all of this happens. But, and of course, and it's also like, you know, made really famous by, you know, Arthur Miller's The Crucible, right? Um, it's usually the thing that gets taught in school and it's fascinating, but it's not the earliest uh, trial of witches in the United States. That distinct honor goes to Hartford, Connecticut, where it was recorded that Alce Young was executed in 1647 for being a witch. And the Connecticut witch trials run from 1647 till 1663. And now, right now, Adam, I can see it in your brain. You're going, Christina, we're a, <clears throat> we're a New York We're a New York podcast. You're talking a lot about Salem. And Connecticut. And Connecticut. Fun fact, though, uh, pure technicality, but in the 1600s, parts of Long Island were actually part of the Connecticut colony. So technically, we're kind of hanging out in Connecticut today. So you you just fooled us all. I did. You've taken us. I mean, I did tell you at the top that we were going to be on Long Island. You did. You pulled the metaphorical wool. Over on, thine eyes. Over thine eyes. Yep. And today's trial will be, uh, we're going to be spending our time in East Hampton, Long Island, Connecticut, uh, whose community in 1657, a full 40 years before the witch trials in Salem, accused one of their own of being a witch. But before that, I'd like us to get a little bit into the 1657 mindset of what it means to be a witch. Oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm doing things in this small town by using modern thought. You must be a witch. <laughs> How do you think, woman? Accurate. Is that it? Done. That's exactly it. I got 100 it. Nailed it. So legally in Connecticut, 
which I, I really just, I'm really enjoying saying legally in Connecticut on a New York podcast. Anyway, it's fine. I don't enjoy it. This is off brand. I'm I'm loving every second. I had the shakes. I have a real ornery streak, and this is fulfilling it. Um, so legally in Connecticut, witchcraft was divine, defined as a compact with Wait, the Is devil. it New York now, but Connecticut before? Is that it? Yes, because we're on Long Island. So we're still, it's New York now. It is currently on Long Island. Okay, but at the time it was It was considered Connecticut. I'll let it pass. Uh, legally, in Connecticut, witchcraft mm. was defined as a compact with the devil, and it was a capital crime punishable by death. There's a fabulous book by SUNY Brockport professor uh, Paul B. Moyer called Detestable and Wicked Arts, New England and Witchcraft in the Early Modern Atlantic World, which was published in 2020. Um and it's an interesting study of the phenomenon. And what he does is he really examines the social identities of those accused of witchcraft for patterns. So a few statistics from this. Most of those accused, and certainly most of those condemned, were, guess what? Women. Uh, but of course. Moyer writes, according to this outlook, witch hunting served to maintain male dominance and undermine female power. And men who fell victim to accusation were simply collateral damage of what was essentially a war against women. Which I think that's just a great, great. The war against women is real. The war against women, yes. Yeah. Um, Accurate. Uh, So, for example, Moyer points out statistically four out of every five people accused of occult activity women. Two-fifths of men were not prosecuted beyond a grand jury. Less than a quarter of those men who went to trial were condemned to death. And you compare this to a third of women avoiding trial, half of those ending up going to trial actually being condemned to death, and one out of every two women accused of witchcraft killed. That's that's pretty high. You get accused of being a witch, you're going to die. You're probably going to die. You're going to die. Um, and even descendants of women who are accused of witchcraft end up being looked at askance. Um and yet gender is not the only element, right, when you're witch hunting. So age is another factor. If you're a woman and are on the older side, so in 1657, that's like middle-aged and older, you're more likely to be a witch. Uh, if <laughs> Sounds like a bad Jeff Foxworthy joke. <laughs> if you're middle-aged or older, you're probably a witch. You're probably a witch. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good t-shirt. We're loading them up. We always forget. We have to write these down. I was going to say, wait, I feel like, I feel like I've got a lot so of- I've said so many, these are good t-shirt ideas, and I remember none of them, except for, ooh, except for last week's. Yeah, what was last week's? Um, It's like, hey Jude, but for ghosts. But for ghosts. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. I believe that shirt is going to be like a, you enter phrase, dot, 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 but for ghosts is always there. So oh, I like that. It's like, yes, love that. It's like, pick your own journey, but it's always for ghosts. But it's always for ghosts, obviously. Did we not welcome people back we to did, the New York Mystery Machine? I was thinking Machine? that as we said, I was like, something feels wrong here. <laughs> welcome to the New York Mystery Machine. Tony Hall, but for ghosts. We're back on track. We're back, damn it. <laughs> what a weird episode this is already. Can't we? We haven't even gotten to the witches. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> so, yeah. Middle age, older, witch. Uh, if you were married, likely more likely to be a witch than if you were not married. If you're a widow, definitely a witch. Um, now, most women accused were housewives, which, you know, basically every woman at the time. But if you were a doctoress, which is to say you had a deeper knowledge of herbal remedies and medicine than the average housewife that was just making super sick relatives, you were probably more likely to be a witch. So the logic is if you can cure someone, you probably do a lot of bad shit, too. Male physicians, less suspicious. They're just healing people. Uh, men tended to have accusations of having uh, read magical texts. That's not how we accuse women. 
females are blamed for domestic mishaps more than men. And beyond this, there are certain physical traits of a witch as well, right? So, for example... Green skin, tall, pointy hat. Yep. Broomstick. Um, sometimes found under houses. Yep, yep. And then their feet go... I was terrified yeah, of that like, as a I child. Like that. I freaked the fuck out every time. I did not like it. There is this idea of a witch mark. And a witch mark is a place where... Witch mark? A witch mark. Which that mark. mark. Uh... Oh. Who's on first? <laughs> um, and it's it's supposed to be essentially a place where a witch's familiars could come to be nursed, breastfed by this witch. Male or female witch. Other marks were believed to be, and here I quote, entirely bloodless and insensitive so that even if a needle were to be deeply thrust in, no pain would be felt and not a drop of blood would be shed. Which, of course, we would think of as torture. Um, <laughs> in my day, we just call it torture. We just call this torture today. And then the most desirable evidence, a confession. Uh, now, in New England, you're not allowed to use torture, actually, at the time. But there are lots of psychological tricks. And don't forget, the pushing a needle very hard into someone's birthmark yeah, that'll do. Uh, <clears throat> would constitute torture. And a confession is really what you want out of the situation. There's also an entire treatise, uh, legal treatise, that uh, of what to look for to support accusations. And here I'm quoting from Loretta Orion's book that is specifically about today's case. I've it's seen that before. Have you? Yeah. Oh. It's called, It Were As Well To Please The Devil As Anger Him, Witchcraft in the Founding Days of East Hampton. Uh, and here is what Michael Dalton's legal treatise of the time says to look for when supporting an accusation. When a healthful body shall be suddenly taken without probable reason or apparent natural cause, when two or more persons are similarly taken in strange fits, when the afflicted party in his fits tells truly what the witch or other absent parties is doing or saying or the like, when the parties shall do strange things or say strange things, and yet when out of their fits know nothing of what they did or said, when there is a supernatural strength such that a strong man or two shall not be able to keep down a child or a weak person upon a bed, when the party doth vomit up crooked pins, needles, coals, lead, straw, hair, or the like, when the party shall see visibly some apparition, and shortly after some mischief shall befall him. Those are some criteria. I'll say, too, that there's a difference. Again, we're looking, we're looking today for pact with devil, of which all these would potentially be proof, mm. um, as opposed to malfeasium, which is just causing someone to su suffer through magical means, not right. punishable by death. So I have here for you a little worksheet, Adam. I hope you have a pen or a pencil. I, I do. I it's a, a it's a witch checklist. Oh, so that as we go through today's case, you may check off these various characteristics. Of and you? Of me. <laughs> of, me uh, of our, our protagonist, antagonist? Depends on you look at it. Oh, not of you. Not of me. I mean, like, I fit some of those. A lot of these. I know. It's actually, now that you've pointed that out. I'm going to do twofold. I'm going to do that person and, and you. I think that's. And see. Yeah. Who's more witch. Who's more. I love this. Yes. Done. This. Right. Uh, and then at the end, you'll get to decide whether the protagonist of this case was condemned or, and rather, whether if I were in 1657, would I too be condemned? I can't wait. Away we go. Here we go. We're going to be spending the rest of today, mostly, in East Hampton, Long Island, which is located on the east end of the southern tail of Long Island. So this is the land of the Montauket peoples, 
And Gardner's Island, which is to the north, but still part of East Hampton, is the land of the Menanset, both Algonquin-speaking indigenous groups. East Hampton was the third location to be settled by English colonists on Long Island. In 1639, the island today known as Gardner's Island was given to Lion Gardner as an independent manor. And it remained that way until 1688. He's going to be an important player. Word. In 1648, the governors of New Haven and Connecticut arranged with the Montaukett peoples for English settlers to live in the area. Uh, it's worth noting that the Montaukett and Menanset probably would have understood this as being about allowing settlers to live there and not for them to exist there for all time and own this land. Um, what? You go, just want to flag that because most of the time you will see it written, and they sold it. Nope. They no. leased it and said, you can live here for a while. We now have a relationship with you. So we're cool, right? And then, hey, well, what, what are those things? What, what? So that's a lot of guns. Did you, did you, did you mean to bring all? Oh, you want to all those guns? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So what about the treaty? No, no, no treaty. Nope. Yep. We and were uh, real we, terrible. What will we say about this in history? Oh, it was bought. Okay. Right. right. Bought. Legal. Totally, legal tenor. Totally legal. So just want to flag that. Not sold. Um. The original settlement focused around the north of Hook Pond, which is um, where we're going to be spending our time today. There were 34 lots for homes, each with 8 to 12 acres, um, and they surrounded what would today be sort of a main street. A loud page turn. You're welcome, everyone. Um, and there was also, by 1653, a thatched church. Uh, they would have been Calvinists, right? A lot of early English settlers were Calvinists, which meant for them, only a few elect would eventually be welcomed into God's kingdom. So you got to be real good. I bet you'd be real white, too. Almost 100% (laughs) certain got to be real white for that. And how you died was often interpreted as revealing something about your final judgment. Ooh, God. Yeah. Isn't that terrible? Uh, So a couple more statistics to give you a sense of how big the town is right now. In 1687, which admittedly, a couple decades later, best numbers I could find. The town had a population in 1687 of about 502 people, 223 men, 219 females, 35 servants, and 25 enslaved people. Um, so you can imagine it was slightly smaller. Our story today centers around the events of the winter of 1657 on the wife of Joshua Garlic, whose name was Elizabeth and is better known to us in the records as Goody Garlic. <sighs> Well, that's some goody garlic. That's some right goody there. garlic right there. Goody is a shortened form of good wife. And that is, that's who our, fo- our, our show's focusing on? Goody garlic. Excuse me, I've got to make a check. <laughs> so goody, for the record, is a shortened form of good wife, um, which indicates a middle or lower social standing for a woman. Um, the higher social standing people are called misses. So similarly, good man is the lower social counterpart to mister. Okay. So Goody Garlic was one of the few middle-aged women of East Hampton at the time. And she and her husband, Joshua, were probably servants employed by Mr. Lion Gardner. So again, same gardener of Gardner's Island we mentioned earlier. And they were probably either servants or tenant farmers on his land. There's some evidence to also suspect that Goody Garlic may have had at least one French Huguenot as a recent ancestor, which would have made her a bit of an outsider, even among her English Calvinist neighbors, because one, French ancestry, outsider. Two, the Huguenots in France were persecuted and many were forced to convert to Catholicism. And while most were killed, about 500,000 did escape to England and from there many to the Americas. So she's, she's, she would already, if she is a Huguenot descendant, kind of a, a outsider in this community. Furthermore, Goody Garlic was known as something of a healer, well-versed in the use of herbs and medicines. 
The Garlicks had one son named Joshua after their father and a daughter named Remember. By the time... No, no. Okay. Yep. By the time they moved to Gardner's Island... Remember what? (laughs) This whole whole episode (laughs) is just going to be a setup for who's on first. Remember what? (laughs) Which? Who? Me? Remember what? Which mark? The which mark? Which mark? That mark. Remember what? <laughs> if you guys don't subscribe to our Patreon after this, I don't know what, what will motivate you more because you get bonus episodes of us doing really bad comedy bits. So I feel like I feel like I'm actively in my mind's eye watching our our Patreon members <laughs> go down. <laughs> like we have two and now we have negative two. How did oh. that happen? <laughs> Did, did they? Did two people stop and then tell two other people not to do it? I think that's what happened. <laughs> so, the the <laughs> by the time the Garlics moved from Gardner's Island to East Hampton, they were becoming somewhat more prosperous. Um, they were owning the, some of the land allotments in town, which means that they're moving up from the lowest social rung to the middle group of the the social ladder. So their home in East Hampton was a little bit down the road. From the gardeners and the Howells, who will become key families in the story. And there they lived with their little black cat. So who are the gardeners and the Howells? We've already talked about Gardner a little bit. He owned his own island. Very fancy man. Um, he was a veteran of the Thirty Years' War Netherlands, um, which was true to his name, 30 years in length, and resulted in somewhere between 4.5 to 8 million casualties. Um so he saw a lot of violence in his day. And subsequent to his service, he ran a fort in Sabre, Connecticut, before moving to Long Island. He and his family, which included his Dutch wife, Mary Dirkhand Willemsen, and his daughter Elizabeth, had made the switch from living on his island to spending a good amount of time in the village of East Hampton by 1653. In February 1657, Elizabeth Gardner, 16 years old, had recently married Arthur Howell, and even more recently, had given birth. Mm. One day, she was alone at home when Samuel Parsons, a friend, came to visit her husband, Arthur. Arthur wasn't home, but Elizabeth invited Samuel in and said she felt a chill and a headache. And Samuel left for a second, came back, and she was worse. And then shortly after, Arthur comes home with another friend, and they all find Elizabeth huddling by the fire. She says to Arthur, Love, I am very ill of my head, and I fear I shall have the fever. Arthur helps her to bed, and she asks asks for those present to pray for her. She nurses the baby for a bit. When the baby's taken away, she prays a psalm, and then she shrieks. A witch! A witch! Now you are come to torture me because I spoke two or three words against you. In the morning, you will come fawning. And the men sent for her father, immediately were like, Lion Gardner, you need to get over here. And so Lion Gardner arrives just in time to witness her again shout about the presence of a witch. And so everyone present is going like, what witch? Who's the witch? What, who is this witch? And she says, a black thing at the, at the bed's feet. And she gestures at this point as though she were trying to attack whatever it was she saw. And she gestures so violently and so excessively that her husband, Arthur, goes and tries to restrain her. But she apparently is able to resist him with an unusual strength. And eventually she becomes exhausted and and tuckers herself out and finally ceases this. But this unusual strength is sort of remarked upon by a couple of witnesses. That night, Samuel Parsons, the friend who first finds Elizabeth at home ill, stayed the night with the family, as does Goody Simons, a friend of Elizabeth's. 
According to Samuel Parsons, during the night, he, Arthur, and an enslaved woman named Boos heard a sound of scratching near the bed and the sound of a large, or uh, yeah, the sound of a large stone scraping against other stones. But when they searched, they could find nothing. The next day, they sent for Elizabeth's mother because she was getting worse. And Elizabeth's mother came and Elizabeth said to her, oh, mother, I am bewitched. To which Elizabeth's mother said, no, 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 you are asleep or dreaming. To which Elizabeth responded, I am not asleep. I am not dreaming. Truly, I am bewitched. When Mary asked whom Elizabeth saw, Elizabeth paused and said, Goody garlic, goody garlic, I see her at the far corner of the bed and a black thing of hers at the other corner. And to this, Mary responded again, Hush, child, this is a terrible thing you say. You must never say it again, not to your husband, not to any living soul. For your husband, if he heard you speak so, would surely tell. And, and, and that, that's what we got. The portion of the conversation tell, tell, after that. Tell who, tell what? This, this portion of the conversation comes directly from Mary Gardner's own testimony. Because, spoiler, there's going to be an inquest <clears throat> and a trial. And this comes from Mary Gardner's own testimony. But exactly who Arthur is going to tell is unfortunately crossed out. Um, and one suggestion is that perhaps Mary was worried that others would view Elizabeth's blame placing in this instance as a sort of impious response, right? Rather than blaming others for your suffering, you should be repenting for your sins. Regardless, Mary goes back home. She herself is sick. And Elizabeth's friends and neighbors, Goody Birdsall, Anne Edwards, Goody Simons, keep watch as Elizabeth grows worse. She kept shouting things. She is a double-tongued woman. She pricks me with pins. Oh, she torments me. And again, when prompted about whom she spoke, Elizabeth was hesitant and screamed, Ah, garlic, you jeered at me when I came to your house to call my husband home. You jeered at me and laughed at me, and I went away crying. Oh, boy. And we do have elsewhere in records that the garlic said that Elizabeth was a less than competent housewife. Ooh, Nellie, fight words. So, Goody Birdsall confirmed that these words were spoken by Elizabeth. Um, And in her own deposition, Goody Birdsall uh, went on to say, The deponent saith that on the last day of the week, at night when Mrs. Howell, Elizabeth, lay sick, she heard her say, Goody Garlic is a double-tongued woman, and further, the deponent saith she saw a pin pulled out of Mrs. Howell's mouth and was given to Goody Simons. And Goody Simons said she was sure there was no such pin in the house. And the deponent saith to her best remembrance, Mary Gardner said there was no such pin in the house. And a little before this pin was taken out of her mouth, this deponent saith that she did put the handle of a knife into her mouth and gave her solid oil and sugar and did look into her mouth and did not see nor discern any pin there. Now, that's a whole lot of nonsense when you... It's a lot of pin talk. It's a lot of pin talk. It's a lot of run-on sentences. That is directly from the testimony. What what that actually is saying is that at some point, Elizabeth seems to choke. And Anne Edwards, Goody Edwards, helps open her mouth with the handle of a knife, sees that there's nothing obstructing her throat. And so she gives her oil and sugar, an apparently common remedy against witchcraft. And when she calmed down, Elizabeth coughed up a pin. And when Goody Simons examined it, she was positive there was no such pin in the house before. After a lot of physical and emotional turmoil, Elizabeth Howell dies. Oh, damn. Oh, yeah. She's That's like a quick turn. Yeah, she did. I think she was going to die. She died. Damn. Yeah, oh, within like a couple of days of falling ill, just. After like basically blaming. Goody Garlic. Goody, goody Garlic. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. So she dies. There's a very simple burial because Puritans didn't do fancy burials. Um, and 
almost immediately after, right? This is February. By the end of February, we start getting the accusations of witchcraft and we have testimony of these accusations, some of which you've already begun to hear. Um, and in fact, this is how we know any of Elizabeth's last words and the entirety of this episode, right? There are these records in East Hampton from the inquest into the death. So for those who want to go visit, the magistrates uh, would have met in the meeting house near what today is Mulford House, a historical site, and Home Sweet Home, another historical site. Both were built in the late 1680s, early 1700s. So fun fact, go have a visit. Now, the magistrates of East Hampton had never dealt with witchcraft before. So over the course of the, the next few days, they hear from Goody Simon and Goody Edwards and Goody Birdsall and Mrs. Gardner, Elizabeth's mother, Samuel Parsons, everybody that was present except for the enslaved woman, Boose, and Lion Gardner. So why why on earth is Lion Gardner not testifying about his own daughter's death? He was there. He was there. He was there, and his daughter died. So why he doesn't testify? A mystery. It's possible his testimony was simply stricken from the records or lost. Um, but local and family lore suggest that he tried to defend Goody Garlic from the accusations. Ooh. This is simply because of a secondhand account um, of, of Lion Gardner dismissing an accusation that Goody Garlic had previously engaged in witchcraft. Um, but that's where the story comes from. So who knows? Now, as part of the inquest into Elizabeth Howell's death, the women who testified included these stories of previous witchcraft conducted by Goody Garlic as evidence to back up the present accusations, right? So the idea being that if you have a history of witchcraft, you're going to keep on witching. So here are some of those. According to Goody Davis, Garlic had killed her child. Oh, boy. Goody Davis said that one day she had wrapped her baby in some clean linen when Goody Garlic passed by and remarked on how beautiful the child was. Then Goody Garlic added, this child is not well, for it groaneth. And soon after, the baby fell ill, did not open its eyes or cry for five days, and died. Jeez. And according to Goody Davis, this is because of the evil eye bestowed by Goody Garlic. According to the deposition of Goodman and Goody Vale, however, Lion Gardner had been overheard saying that Goody Davis had actually sold her breast milk for some wampum, which was an important item of exchange and gifting and diplomacy with Long Island indigenous peoples, and as a result, ended up starving her own child. And so here is that that defense um, story, right? But this wasn't the only accusation of witchcraft prior to Elizabeth Howell's death either. So another story from Goody Davis, who found the pin in the mouth, was that Goody Simon was prone to seizures and was suffering an episode one day. And Goody Bishop hurried to help Goody Simons with some dockweed that Elizabeth Garlick had provided. And when Goody Bishop arrived at Simon's house, Goody Simons tossed the herbs into the fire, saying that on another occasion, when everybody was living in Lynn, Massachusetts, a friend had brought the same sort of medicine into her home from Goody Garlick. And shortly after, a black thing had entered the house while Goody Simons convulsed. And the neighbor asked, who has a black cat? And another responded, Goody Garlic. And thus there's this connection between Goody Garlic and Goody Simons and Goody Garlic apparently trying to harm everyone. There's another story of Goody Edwards' daughter being asked for breast milk by Goody Garlic. I don't know why Goody Garlic needs someone else's breast milk, but here we are. Here we are. Um, and again, the child got sick almost immediately after. When the Garlics first moved to Gardner's Island, apparently Lion Gardner had sued the couple for slander for funsies. And shortly after, his ox broke its leg, a man died, 
child went missing. A pig gave birth to piglets in some odd way, unclear how, and then the pig died. And the women decided to engage in a ritual to prove it was garlic who had done all this. The ritual goes like this. They burned the hair or urine or flesh of the victim, in this case, the pig, and the witch would be in pain herself and necessarily show up. And immediately, Goody Garlic passed by. (laughs) Which I really do love. I just want to take a moment to appreciate that... It's it's totally chill to find out if someone's a witch by burning the flesh of one of their victims and seeing if they show up, but that doesn't make you a witch. Like I just I just don't really understand the logic. Anyway. Yeah. All this to say things are not looking good for Goody Garlic. On March fifteenth, a few days after the deposition, her husband tries to counter sue essentially and accuse the women uh, making all of these uh, testimonies uh, saying that they were slandering them. Um, but nonetheless, uh, March 19th rolls around and we get this entry in the legal records of East Hampton. That she is ordered by a major vote of the inhabitants of this town to go unto Connecticut to bring us under their government according to the terms blah, 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 blah. And also to carry up good wife Garlic, that she might be delivered up unto the authority there for the trial of the cause of witchcraft, which she suspected for. And so they sent her with three of their town's prominent people, Lion Gardner included, to Hartford. Mm. Now, Goody Garlic probably would have been jailed between the inquest and her trial in Connecticut. Uh, We don't have the testimony of the Connecticut court, unfortunately. I think that's a shame. But we can imagine the kind of evidence is going to be what we just heard, right? The same sort of stories are going to get repeated. What we do know is the indictment, as it is recorded on May 5th, 1658, probably the day of the trial. And I have something here I would like you to uh, read for us, Adam. It wouldn't be one of your episodes. If no, I it wouldn't. To read. Uh, and it's nicely highlighted for you with the little word Adam next to it. But before you read it, Adam, let's take a break. I'd love to. We'll be back in just a few moments. So you listen to our podcast, which means you must love mysteries. But how would you like to solve your very own mystery? Hunt a Killer is an immersive murder mystery game told over the course of six episode boxes. Each box is filled with different clues and physical items such as autopsy reports, witness statements, and more. You'll use these clues to solve an ongoing murder mystery. Work solo or as a team of sleuths to finally crack the case and reveal the murderer. So do you think you have what it takes to hunt a killer? If so, head to www.huntakiller.com and use the code NYMYSTERYMACHINE for 20% off the first box. That's www.huntakiller.com and the code is NYMYSTERYMACHINE. Sign up now and begin the hunt. Bow, bow, bow. So, are you ready, Adam, to read this fabulous quote uh, about the Goody Garlic case? Do I start right where my name is clearly The one Adam? right where it says Adam in bold. All right, let's do it. <clears throat> Elizabeth Garlic, thou art indicted by the name of Elizabeth Garlic, the wife of Joshua Garlic of East Hampton. 
that not having the fear of God before thine eyes, thou hast entertained familiarity with Satan, the great enemy of God and mankind, and by his help, since the year 1650, hath done works above the course of nature to the loss of lives of several persons with several other sorceries, and in particular the wife of Arthur Howell of East Hampton, for which both according to the laws of God and the established law of this commonwealth thou deserveth to die. Thank you, Adam. That was beautiful. That was some Ken Burns documentary level <laughs> reading right there. Now, we don't have anything else about the trial itself, like I said. Not even how Goody Garlic pled. We're going to assume she said not guilty. But it's time for your checklist. All right. So far, Goody Garlic's a woman. Mm-hmm. Um, she's not the descendant of a witch. Mm-hmm. Um, she is middle-aged or older. She mm-hmm. is married. She's not a widow. She is a doctoress or other healer. Um... She has doesn't read magical texts, doesn't have the witch mark, right? Not not to my knowledge. It um, hasn't been mentioned. She hasn't confessed. She is involved with some of the following. When a healthful body shall suddenly be taken without probable reason or apparent natural cause. Yep. Um uh she it's not happening when two more persons take similar taken strange fits. Right. Um it's not when the afflicted party in its fits tells truly that the witch or absent parties is doing or saying like. No, I guess not. I yeah, guess Elizabeth. This, yeah, this one. This one makes it seem like, like very much like in Arthur Miller's like, like she's making me cold. No, she's making me cold. Right. That's not happening. Yet. Right. I mean, we could assume maybe that's happening in the courtroom, but we don't know. But right. Um, there's no supernatural strength such that a strong man or two. Arthur Howell can't restrain his wife. Oh, word, word, word. Yep. So there is a strange strength. Um, uh, that a strong man or two shall not be able to keep down a child, a weak person upon the bed. Um, there is when the par- the party doth vomit up crooked pins, needles, <laughs> coals, lead, straw, hair, or like that. And uh, there isn't when the party shall be seen in some apparition yet. They saw right. a black figure, right? But they never said that is right. Goody, goody garlic. It's sort of assumed to be Goody Garlic's cat. So we're at one, two, we're at one, two, three, four. Five, six, seven, eight. Eight checks out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen out of seventeen. Okay. So how do you think the court voted? She's a witch. <laughs> this is what I can't wait to go to yours later. I'm very excited. Um, this is how the court the court comes down. The jury doth not find Elizabeth, the wife of Joshua Garlic, guilty according to the indictment. Oh, I was wrong. Yeah. She is let off the hook. Uh, They go on to say that essentially Joshua Garlic has to put up uh, some sort of, uh, what's the word, not um, like bail money that essentially promises that he and his wife are going to be on their best behavior and that they will show up at the court either in East Hampton or in Hartford sometime the next September or October and will have to essentially appear periodically from then on to sort of like prove that they're still being upstanding citizens after this point. So she's not guilty, but she's not innocent. So at the time, you could be, yeah. Like Britney Spears, really. She's not that innocent. Not that innocent. Look at that. I'm not that innocent. innocent. Um, yeah, so she. you could either be guilty, not guilty, 
were innocent. Or not that innocent like Britney. Exactly. Uh, and so this this is a little predates the uh, Britney Spears defense of uh, not that innocent. But uh, she's not guilty. So it's sort of like this weird gray area of like, I mean, she probably did some bad stuff, but she's not legally, you know, we're not finding her legally in a, in a pact with Satan. It's worth noting that the man who presides over this trial is a man named John Winthrop Jr., who's the governor of Connecticut, who was friendly with Gardner, who knew Joshua Garlick. So all the people, he he kind of is aware of who they are. Um, And he's generally known for being kind of uh, on the, the compassionate side in his rulings. This is his first witch trial. But in subsequent witch trials, he would eventually revisit some of the decisions and let witches out of jail and say, no, 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 we made a mistake not a witch. So it's sort of lucky Goody Garlic gets this guy to be on her on her court. Um, but per the court, the Garlics go home to East Hampton. They remain there the rest of their lives. They retain their lands and animals. Um, they do seem to grow even more prosperous. So if you're looking for some uh, shady business, that's suspicious. Get accused of witchcraft and suddenly... You're more prosperous. That that would have been a sure sign to people of like, nope, she she's still a witch. Um, we don't know, you know, to what extent the relationship was like between people in the town, right? They're all living very close quarters. I have a map that I will post. They're living next to each other, and it's a small community. And people are basically on top of each other. Yeah, at this time. it's going to be really uncomfortable and then you have to like see all these people who like said you're a witch yeah so usually you get accused and then you die or like rot in jail or there are a couple of cases guess what this is not the only witchcraft case in new york um stand by for part two in a couple weeks oh, <laughs> uh there in many cases when you're released and you're you're not killed for being a witch and you're i guess not guilty you're asked to leave town and you usually do because it's uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> like you usually leave town because everyone still thinks you're a witch. Right. But as far as we know, they lived out their lives to almost 100. Uh, yeah. Lived real long, which. Uh, that's, that's so long. I mean, like we say 100. Like that's for that time. That's, that's real long. You really. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's witchcraft. I was going to say, kind of suspicious. Kind of makes you think she might be a witch. Prosperity. There's long life. I mean. Everybody else is dying, but uh, not goody garlic. Maybe. Maybe in this case, they screwed up. <laughs> Maybe she was a witch. A little, little witchy business over there. Um, and that's 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 the case of Goody Garlic. Oh, my word. But what befell the case of, of Goody Marinelli? Goody Marinelli. How does Goody Marinelli appear before the court? Let's see. Goody Marinelli is a woman. Not to my knowledge, she's not a descendant of a witch. Not to my knowledge. Um, she's not middle-aged. Though she is married. <laughs> I like seeing Adam recalculate this in real time. I forgot to post that. She's not a widow. No. Um, I believe at one point you're going for your doctoral degree. So you I technically was. are, you were at one point a doctoral candidate. So I will say you were, you are a doctoress. Um, do me a favor. Can you check your phone for a second? Yeah. And just read, read that out loud when it comes through. Magical. She reads magical texts. Nicely <laughs> <laughs> uh, done. That was good. That's good. Um, I don't believe. Oh, my computer's falling. Goody Marinelli. Guess you don't want me to read this list. <laughs> um, she, she doesn't have a witch mark. She's not confessed to being. Are you a witch? 
No. No, she's not confessed to being a witch. She is involved with some of the following. When a healthful body, uh, that's not it. Not, <laughs> not when a healthful body. I haven't murdered anyone, God. No one's died. Um, when two more persons are similarly taken in strange fits, I uh, have had fits around you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I assume that I've had them with your husband as well. And that's two people having mm-hmm. fits around you. Right, right. Um, uh, not... You never said that you're a witch. Um, when the party uh, shall do strange things and and shall do strange things or say strange things and yet when out of their fits know nothing of what they said or did, um, I always ask you some stuff and you're like, oh, I don't remember doing that. I'm yeah. pretty sure that makes another. I, was gonna, I, I feel like that one might be many of our podcast recordings. Yeah, literally. You remember half the things that we do. <laughs> Um, I've seen your supernatural strength literally just a moment ago when you slapped your face <laughs> with the force of Thor. <laughs> I was trying to wake myself up, guys. It's, it sounds louder in Adam's broken headphones. I, I've seen the party pull hair from her mouth, whether it be cat hair or, or the like. That's accurate. And um, I believe we talked many about apparitions and mischiefs when we yeah. did this thing. So according to that, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten more than Goody Garland. Oh, boy. I, I think you'd be convicted I at, think I'd be, of witchcraft. I think I'd be condemned as a witch. So um, that's... You heard it here, folks. You heard it here, folks. Goody Marinelli witch. is a witch. Kind of want, like, a, I know we're not a, we're a podcast, so you can't see this, but in my brain, so no one can see this. Because <laughs> <laughs> so, it's in my brain, it's literally, no one sees I'm it. seeing this uh, in my mind's eye. It's not worth it. It's actually not that interesting. I'm fine, everyone. And she'll never remember this moment because witchcraft. Um, well, there we have it. What a fun, interesting turn of events. I think it's cool and fascinating and really want to go to the cemetery, which has some of our, our main players uh, in uh, East Hampton sometime. Well, there it is. We'll put on their old road trip. The old road what trip. What was the name of that book? The book is It Were As Well To Please The Devil As Anger Him, Witchcraft in the Founding Days of East Hampton. And where will we soon be able to find that book and books like it that would have inspired our podcast? On our fancy little uh, resource book that's being formatted as we speak. Uh, well, not as we speak, as we, well, it's fine. Yes. And. <laughs> <laughs> so Christina's putting together a little list of resources. We've mentioned this before, basically a little bibliography of a lot of the sources. Yeah. And that'll be available probably by the end of November. Just yeah. the most oh, updated. Absolutely. And then we'll just go updating it as we go along. So it's always easier to update than to put together. So give her some 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 time. There's a lot of formatting. I have very strict guidelines. And someone has not given any any of the books a read. I will not name who that person is. <laughs> Ted. <laughs> what? Um, and so uh, you'll be able to see that. And as we said before, um, if you want to support the show, you head on over to patreon.com slash nymysterymachine. You can make a, a monthly donation as small as $3 a month. Um, and every every bit of that goes to, to keeping the show going. Um, thank you to our Patreon patrons. Thank you to uh, everyone who's liked, subscribed, uh, rated, and reviewed. If you'd like to do that, you head on over to the iTunes. You can follow us on the Instagram at NYMysteryMachine as well as the Facebook at NYMysteryMachine and on the Twitter at NYMysteries. We're not really that present on anything that's not Instagram and Facebook, apparently. Yeah. I try to manage that Twitter, but Lord, I forget. I mean, we could just give it to me, but it's going to be a lot of running commentary about the X-Files. and. Well, maybe there's an audience for that. It's not me, but there may be an audience. Could be. Um, and we're back, you know, 
with all new episodes Next from, week. from from this moment forward. You got a treat. You got two weeks of Christina Marinelli leading the story in a row, which is just like a delight. Thank you. Um, so, uh, and next week uh, we'll have another new episode, and there's going to be a Thanksgiving episode. There's yeah, some, there is. There's going to be a Christmas episode. There's yeah, there stuff. is. So, um, tell your friends, tell your family, make sure you, you you tell them to to follow the show so you don't miss a new episode. And uh, I've been Adam Mays. <laughs> I've been Christina Marinelli. And thanks for taking a ride on the New York Mystery Machine. Tell me who, but for ghosts. <laughs> <laughs>